You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 32.5 FM, the true penny channel, Nerds on Media and the WrestlingRewind.com. My name is Daryl Connor. Welcome to the only wrestling podcast for wrestling fans that don't hate wrestling. However, we will be talking about a terrible show this week. Um, so I do apologize in <laughs> advance for everybody. Uh, look, we, we try. We try. In your house does get better at some stage. I was listening to uh, two lads talk about it today and they were like, uh, good God almighty, it gets better after this. And I mean, if there's ever, if there's ever uh, like a description of something, when people are talking about this show, they're like, oh, thank God it gets better. And I was listening to something to wrestle with, which, by the way, I, Conrad Thompson shows, man, oh, I, 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 I can't. Uh, so, so I do try to just listen to those and fast forward through the best, the best parts because it's just like ads after ads. Yes. Conrad, Conrad Thompson, yeah. Uh, like, I don't mind him personally, but... No, not him, him as a person is fine, but the, the way, like... Listeners, we do not put that many ads on our shows. In fact, there's very rarely ads on our shows. There's usually the network break and stuff like that. Um, Dara, how are you feeling today, anyway? (laughs) But before you tell me how you're feeling, let me tell you about Bluetooth. I'm feeling great because I've got Bluetooth. Oh, my God. I think you're going, like, literally. (laughs) And I knew you were going with that. And it's... What I'm trying to say here is, go over to our Patreon (laughs) Give us the next pack euro. Uh, yeah. No, but I, or if I mean, you don't have a euro, if your money comes in dribs and drabs, we've a fascinating new tier that we started last week, whereby you just drop us a penny a day every day until CM Punk shows back up somewhere. There you go. I think that's even more fair. Uh, it's, the, it's the punk penny. The punk penny. And the thing about it is, you know, that's all our ads. Our, our ads at least get you something compared to just you listening to this great story about something and bang an ad for God knows what. And I'm like, I don't even know what this product is. In fact, I'm going to buy its competitor because that's how much it annoys me. I don't know if, if you're like that with ads sometimes where you're like, I'm actively not going to get that product. I'm going to get its competitor purely because you've annoyed me so much. You see, if I'm on YouTube and an ad comes up and it's 20 seconds or 15 seconds with no skip, I don't care if it takes me the next 20 minutes. I will close and open that video repeatedly until I get an ad that I can skip. So here's one on YouTube. So, I mean, there are ways around that. I'm not going to, you know, there are Chrome extensions, etc. You can also do VPNs and that. Speaking of VPNs, and, you know, I'm actually going to try and, and see if we can get, like, something for the show because the one I use is phenomenal. But did you know, and I figured this out while I was in America, 
YouTube in America is not the same as YouTube in Ireland. What? And what? It, yeah. So, obviously, the content is relatively the same. Oh, do you but, mean it's it's YouTube? No, 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 no. It's it, they're actually. I actually am going somewhere with this, right? So, in Ireland, uh, the YouTube is like there's certain things blocked, etc. But that's that's more like content. That's geolocation. The app actually fundamentally works in a different way. So you know when you have YouTube Premium and it's like you can you can do something else while YouTube is playing in the background. That's oh, free in America. So if you're, what? Yeah. So if you're on a, an American connection, that's free. That's just how YouTube works. And so I, I I'm using YouTube now with a VPN. So I'm just like a lot of the ads that I get when I listen to podcasts are usually relevant because they think I'm in America, but. Yeah, I mean, there you go, folks. Uh, if you want YouTube to work properly, use a VPN. And this would be great to have a VPN sponsor, but we don't have one yet. So there we go. We'll get one. Or do you know we'll what? Go. We're bound, like, I don't even think we need to accumulate an audience. I just think if you have a podcast for long enough, you get Raid Shadow Legends. Or Audible. They, what, they just show up, just knock at your door, and they're like, here you go. <laughs> like, here, you have a podcast. Okay. Do you know what? I'm actually I'm actually going to give it to Audible. I'm going to be okay with them because uh, cool, yeah. a couple of years ago I signed up for Audible. Do you know, get the first month free and then you download a book? Yeah. And I got the book I wanted. And then I actually forgot about it. I completely forgot I had Audible. And like a year and a half later, I discovered that I'd been paying them seven ninety nine a month for like eighteen months. Wow. And I emailed them and I was like, uh, like look at my account. I haven't opened the app i haven't downloaded a single thing like i signed up for your free trial and completely forgot about it and they actually refunded me like 140 quid or whatever whatever 7.99 for 18 months was they actually refunded me wow that sound and look again folks we're not sponsored by anybody at the moment so we're just we're just you know and here's the thing so apart from cm punk except for well the patreon is there but you can tell this show is bad because whenever a show is bad, we talk about anything else but the show. Speaking of which, Vampire Survivors, Martin. Oh, the greatest, I, I, <laughs> the great, literally the greatest game I've ever played in my life, and I'd much been, rather talk about that. To talk about <laughs> your house. I haven't been sucked into a frenzy like this since uh, Power Washer Simulator came out. Oh man, no, I. I I didn't fall into that one, but I do like how. What's it did, like? Uh, did you, house slipper. Did, did you just avoid it, or did you not? Uh, have you not well, tried see, it at all? No, see, I don't have Game Pass, right? So I actually oh. have to physically buy the games because I have a nice. PS5 and a and a Switch and Steam and that. But House Slipper, I got super into. It's Steam you have for some reason. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, I I keep confused. I keep thinking Steam is Microsoft, but it's not. It's its own thing, isn't it? It's its own thing. Yeah, Steam is owned by Valve. Um, wow. and it's like where you get your PC games but uh, you know I haven't got Game Pass that's why I just didn't so I, I probably will pick it up eventually I know some people who like love it House Flipper was like I put a lot of time into and that was like kind of the first one of those games but Vampire Survivors I mean guys listen if you take nothing away from this show take two and, things and away there's very little else to take there's away. very little else one there's, there's one excellent Bret Hart match <laughs> in your house five terrible two uh, three things two VPNs in America make YouTube work properly. And three, Vampire Survivors is the greatest game you've never played yet. It's wonderful. It looks it looks terrible. It looks like this is a joke, and it it oh, really, yeah. really isn't. <laughs> it's a and phenomenal you'll be, game. 
you'd be so confused when you first started because yes. uh, you'd be like, "What's the shoot button?" But you, you'll see, like within ten minutes, you will just be absolutely hooked. It, it is so much like Power Washer Simulator in not in gameplay, but in that. Whenever I started that game, I was like, "So this is it." I'm just walking around with a power washer. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And then it was like four hours later. There's a video, there's like a bunch of different video essays on Vampire Survivors. That's a, and some guy who's a game designer actually breaks it down. He's like, this game is stupid, but it's not. It's incredible. It appeals to like every part of our brain because it was designed by a guy who actually like, he, he was a coder for uh, slot machines. So it's literally like a slot uh, machine. And that's why it's so addictive. But it this just triggers the, all the dopamine receptors. Isn't yeah, it's it, it just it, everything that it does. It like just works. But also, like we were talking about about this before we went on air. That like there's a bit like when you reach like so basically the game kind of kills you after half an hour because the reaper comes and <laughs> that's the end. But uh, just before that, you're just like a god, just walking through waves upon waves, and the screen is just filled a bit it's just this mess of, of pixels hundreds and hundreds of ghosts vampires werewolves mummies ghouls and it's unlike anything else you're just there like this is unbelievable and look i mean it's three euro give the guy money oh, yeah <laughs> it's it's, unbe- like, it's, it's such good value it's free on game pass so it's that's true you just you have it with Game Pass, or like Dara says, you buy it on Switch or places. It is like depending on what region you buy it in, it's like between one fifty and three euro. It's, yeah, it, it's really not expensive, and I mean it, it's it's one of those games where I will just pick up and play. You know, before bed. You know, when I have a break in the day, um, I have a couple of flights coming up. I just know the entirety of the flight is going to be, you know, because that's that's three that's three good sessions if you're going to like. London or even France or whatever, like about two hours, you can just kill that with with four, three to four really good sessions in Vampire Survivors. Oh Spiders. yeah, you know, yeah, and I I have easily played more than that in a row. <laughs> oh yeah, you just like I mean, it's look if you haven't played it, absolutely do, and it, you know it's great as well for like when you're listening to a podcast. Um, oh, I usually do, I'll just stick on a podcast and, and just hockey away with it. Like that's why I use perfect for that. It the, is. the only problem with it is that you run out of bloody podcasts. Like, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Everyone has a podcast nowadays, but whenever you're playing like this or Power Washer Simulator, you're like, God, I wish more people had podcasts. Well, there <laughs> I've you completed go. all the podcasts. <laughs> um, that's what Spotify should do. They should have like a, an achievement section for podcasts where you, you hockey through a bunch of them. But as I said, today I, I was listening to uh, the New Generation podcast, uh, two random lads on YouTube who aren't us talking about it. Because I mean, I was watching it. And I'm like, you're telling me someone apart from us had the idea to do a podcast about wrestling. I know, right? It's unbelievable. How dare they? Um, but because I, I had to had to do a sanity check because we didn't talk before the show. We we did earlier on today, but this is you know you asked me what are we doing. I was like, it's five, and uh, I was just like, this is so bad. Like, surely I can't be the only one who thinks it's bad. It's like no, like Bruce Pritchard is like, yeah, this is the worst show of all time. <laughs> and, and I mean, I thought. That, it's bad when he says it because he normally tries to put like a yeah he tries like to put a like spin on everything exactly yeah and, and that and Conrad was there trying to like tease stuff out for him he's like no it's just really bad and I think it's it's a combination of a few things um, which we will get into like but I think I want I need everyone to bear that in mind that like this is 
infamous for how bad it is, which is why we spent 10 minutes, 20 minutes talking about something else. <laughs> because, is, it, is, it, you know. is it one of the worst WWF pay-per-views ever? I would say so. I, I, I would say it's definitely up there. I mean, like, we'll it get into it. Yeah, like we'll get into it, but before, like before we get into it, um, right now we're recording this on Fridays, and we're going to start going live again. Like Martin and myself both do training, so on Fridays, so that's why we haven't really figured out going live yet, but we will um, in the near future. And the YouTube is going to be reactivated as well. So if you guys want all that kind of content, go over and, and sign up because it is going to be there. But we are training, and whenever, and that's why, whenever so. we get our live shows, not not our live on air shows, like our live in-person shows, you know, at uh, like some sort of Comic-Cons or whatever. Whenever we get them going again, we've got a great idea for everybody. We're going to invite you all to the trial of the century, the trial of Vince McMahon. There you go. And that just gets, that's a story in and of itself. But we are trying to figure this out. As I said, Um, Fridays just get kind of (laughs) busy for us. So, you know, we're just trying to, it's crazy. We're two happening young young bucks, young That's stallions, it. you know. Like we got a lot, we got a lot going on on a Friday. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just it, it's just one of those things, right? There's not enough hours in the day. There really isn't. Um, but listen, okay. So big news that that's breaking today and kind of broke during the week is that WWE obviously the sale with Endeavor happened. They're now with the UFC called TKO. They had their first Raw, which was interesting in and of itself. And then what happened was news that there was going to be some releases. And I mean, when a company's bought over, um, when uh, M&As happen, there's obviously collateral because, you know, there's a job duplication, integration, that kind of stuff. That is how it works, right? Companies, when they buy other companies, downsize quite a lot. So what's funny about this is when I'm, when I'm watching people's reaction to it, I'm like, Wow, you guys have never like done how businesses work. <laughs> On the one hand, I'm like, Jesus, you've never actually been in a company that bought someone or have been bought by someone. This is very weird because I mean, this is like, you know, a lot, a lot of people, like you specifically, you were like, how did you know that WDB was going to be bought? Or you know, we were talking about it. I'm like, because they're doing everything you would do when you were going to get this bought. Is, this is this is. Two years now. This is Dara's vindic- V-Day. Yeah, no, it is. Vindication but, day. But, Dara, from the day and the hour I met him, has been telling me WWE is going to be sold. Yeah, but it's because I saw this coming. And now when they're doing all the stuff that big American corporations, big corporations in general, but my own experience is with American corporations, they do this. And I'm just like, lads, how do you think this business works? Like, come on. They, they do, but uh, like... Okay, so I actually had this conversation during the week. Go on. Um, you're 100% right that this was inevitable. Everybody expected this. It's not even inevitable. It's literally how it works. Like but okay. I don't think it makes it any less scummy. No. I don't, no. Think, I don't think its business is an excuse for immorality. And it would be one thing if uh, this was, like you say, a major... Um, a coalition or takeover or purchase or whatever way they're spending it. But it'd be one thing if this was a major merger and this had happened as a one-off. But WWE has a long, inglorious history of breaking contracts, of mm. treating wrestlers like 
they're um, independent contractors but expecting them to act like employees of reneging on contracts of firing people like midway through events of yeah. firing hundreds and hundreds of people in the midst of a pandemic after they had spam hired hundreds and hundreds of people just so they wouldn't go to the new competition that was being set up so like it's one thing to dismiss it as this is how business is done and that is not not fair enough but that is an accurate representation of late-stage capitalism but this well, is see, not it, a one-off for wwe this no, is no you are right you're 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 exactly right in everything you've said with one addendum when companies do MAs, they literally have a run book actually every process has a run book so that somewhere somewhere i wouldn't even say this is like this is specifically wwe this one because it can't be I mean, how could it be? It's not WWE doesn't really exist anymore. TKO have the, these run books and they're like, hey, uh, we need to get rid of all of this. I mean, so come here. You know, here's, here's where you can help me out. We're going to do on. like I'll, kind I'll, of I'll a, do what I can. I do what I can. We're going <laughs> we're going to do a kind of a live reaction thing now because I am fully aware of the hundred or so people that they fired from like administrative roles and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Because yeah. I have not seen Grand Slam, and no matter what I do, whenever I try to watch a show not live, it always gets spoiled for me somehow. Like, yes. Even when I think I've sorted everything out, like I'm not looking at Twitter, I'm not looking at Facebook, I'm not just, looking the at YouTube. The only solution is to just not be on the internet until it's over. It's exactly. That's it. Genuinely. I did all, I did all that. Like I, I ignored all social media. This is a couple of, couple of years ago. Ignored all social media, and uh, I sat down to watch dynamite like uh, on a friday night and just before i sat down i got an email and i opened the email oh, no. and it was from it was from pro wrestling tees advertising their new sting t-shirt and that's oh. how bloody sting showing up was spoiled for me so i'm desperate not to have grand slam spoiled because there are matches in it like oh you haven't seen the releases i so claudio oh, um, eddie kingston like I was not letting this be spoiled. So okay. I haven't ignored my apps. I have deleted Twitter, deleted wow. Facebook, deleted wow. YouTube. I've gotten everything off my phone. So I have not heard any wrestling news. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this just changes exactly what I was going to talk about. I mean, look, I know it sounds kind of heartless with what I said, but it's not. It's more like the the way business is done. It's like that's how it's done. You know, and that's why so many people were fired. But what and look, it sucks. I mean, look, we went through we went through layoffs. <laughs> Not fun. It is actually horrible. But this wasn't unexpected. What was unexpected, I'll be honest with you, was the who they cut. Some of them not so much. I mean, when I say jobber, <laughs> it's a capital J for a lot of these people. There was only two that were actually genuinely surprising. Um, I mean, one I got to see in person recently. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, hold on. So this is, so they've released talent. Yeah, they released two sets of talent. Right. Okay. So, so um, you're, you're going to tell me who. Um, I am. But like, I get the, like, I get the backstage people because they're like, oh, well, we actually don't need two, I don't know, social media companies. Cause yeah, they don't need two. Like, yeah. usually what happens with MA is. But when it is, comes to there's talent. Like, yeah. I'm so, surprised. So, so there's. So this is where the story gets a bit interesting, right? So yeah. usually when one company buys another, they won't duplicate roles, right? Because there's no point. 
Um, with talent, they had to cut down here because obviously they want a slimmer, a slimmer product. Um, and it's there's also this is after WWE already fired waves of talent. In, yeah, but in preparation for a sale. But these people, I don't know how a lot of these people kept their jobs. I mean, they were like they they were doing a JTG thing, hiding and catering, like. And, you know, the answer to the phone, that's the problem. You know, if you've read JTG's book or the two of them, which I have, they're great read. His advice for talent is never answer your phone. Can't fire you if you don't answer your phone. <laughs> you know? And he's saying his one regret in life is that he answered his phone. Because, I mean, he had a job for like six years and nobody knew he was there. So, I mean, I think this kind of happened with a lot of them. Is that happened to Ace Steel? I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's still there. There you Tony, go. Tony ringing him obsessively 24 hours a day from the moment he fired Punk. I can just keep it in his voicemail. What's going on? Um, okay. So, look. Again, the reaction to this has been surprising uh, in lots of ways. One, that like there were two people here and there the, well, two to three people that would genuinely be the only ones who I'd be like, okay, that was kind of silly. But a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe that this is like, it, it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what world people live in where they they can't engage with like reality. But anyway, so T- tell me the. I'm going to tell, tell you who you think the, the big names are. So, Dolph Ziggler was fired. Right. Shelton, that is surprising yeah, so he's gonna, like a real so I'm man. Gonna, so the three of the three ones, the, the only three stars in this whole mix, right? Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, what? Elias. Yeah. Elias. Elias, yeah. Holy hell. I know, right? That was my reaction. Like the three of those, it's like that's your that's a good mid card. That's your strong mid card. Those are your like so like and I'm not not one to trumpet Jim Cornette a lot, but he always says if I am starting a wrestling company, I don't need twenty Hulk Hogan's. No. I need one Hulk Hogan, I need one Ultimate Warrior, I need one Undertaker, and then I need 17 guys who can job to them. Yeah, and that's Elias, Shelton Benjamin, and Dolph Ziggler. That's, oh, yeah. that's their role. And it, the thing about it is, like, Ziggler's been great. Yeah, he's been underutilized. People have been screaming about him. Oh, AEW, AEW. I will have to say, now he will get a chance to go to AEW. And I hope he does well, because, I mean... There are some news. I'm not going to explain it. Not going to not going to say anything more than oh, that. Oh yes, Man, I'm, not going, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say anything more than that. But there are there is there are like different stories from AW and stuff has happened where you know this is quite beneficial for them. I'll leave it it's, at that. It's it's funny though because like of the three guys you said, Ziggler and not just because his brother is there, Ziggler's the one I can see like actually going to AW yeah, and I'm doing really in. well. Yeah. Because he is a work rate guy. Like he is. He fits he, in perfectly. I mean, look, the matches he can have. Off. Look, the matches he can have, he can have a complete career reinvention, right? Where he goes in, he his matches with Sting, Sting Blade would be unbe- unbelievable. Omega, uh, the Bucks, Daniel Bryan for a long, as long as he's there. Um, Mox, you know, you throw him in there with anybody and he's gonna have a really, really good match. Matches we haven't seen before, and then he can do all the matches with the New Japan lads, and even then go to Ring of Honor. Look his career is kind of going to restart there. And it's not just a case of, oh, yeah. he's an ex-WDB guy. It's no, like, I mean, you probably should. Look, as much as I hate to agree with the internet uh, on on a lot of things, I do agree with him on this. He probably should have been there sooner. But at the end of the day, he was like, huh, we're getting paid boatloads of money. <laughs> yeah, stay here, you know? And, and isn't he like, isn't his real passion like stand-up comedy? 
Yeah, I mean, he can do that too. Like, Well, the great thing about AEW is that because it's not like a silo, because it acknowledges yeah. the rest of the wrestling world, he doesn't even have to like sign up to AEW. He can go there and do, you know, a run and then go off to Japan and then go off he to... Pro- and he probably will. You know, other companies and then come back and then... But then there's also Impact. And go to Impact yeah. and, and just be like the king of that place. You know, Shelton Benjamin, I think you'll probably get a job as a, a talent, like a, um, an agent somewhere. Either I was Impact thinking Sh- or, Shelton, or must be a, Shelton must be a brave age by now. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's not, not a spring chicken anymore, but definitely someone who, if I was running a wrestling company, I'd want as an agent. Yeah. And Elias. Poor Elias. I mean, look. I, <laughs> I like where Elias. Elias goes. He goes to Impact. You think so? Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, man, he can't go to Ring of Honor. He can't go to AW. He can. He can go to Impact. You know, I mean, yeah. Impact, like that, that's who you want. That's that's your new champion. You build that around him, you know? Okay, so they're the stars. Right? So, and, uh, okay. give me the overall number, by the way. What's the overall I, number? It's still, it's still happening. So I have the current list in front of me, but it's still happening. Oh, what, okay. what are we talking about? Dozens or? Uh, about 25. 2025, yeah, there's a fair bit. They, they fired Emma, which I'm sad about because I like Emma. But she can go back to Impact now and 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 be uh, the better version of Emma. So I'm going to read the full list here, right? Okay. Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Elias, Elias's brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even I got that one and I didn't even watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got that one. Uh, Mustafa Ali, Emma. What? Matt. Hold on. Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Oh man, that yeah. that should have been one of your big ones. Like, it's not that I particularly think he's a star, but man, he's a guy they really pushed. Oh, and it gets better. Uh, Mad Cass Mop. Sorry, Mad Cass Moss. Mad Eli- Cass Moss. Yeah. Again, like yeah. A, a guy I recognize because he was going to be pushed big, and then didn't he get like a really, really serious injury? Like, just. Yes. Just before WrestleMania or something yes, like that? Yes, he did. He did. Aaliyah, Top Dollar, Rick Boggs, Dabba Kato, uh, Bronson Montana, Shanky, Mace, Monsor, Quincy Miller, and Dana Brooke. Oh. Okay, so already some of those guys you've mentioned, um, this seems very much like Vince getting back at Triple H because those are all his NXT guys. Bronson, Boogs, Davicato, those are all Triple H's NXT guys. Yeah, and they're like a few of them were ones that were hired back. I'll be honest with you, the one that makes the most sense here is Top Dollar, right? I, I, don't, even, I don't even know it. No, I saw, I, see again, like I, I don't watch the product consistently because I just, I just can't. Um, but I was, he showed up in Dublin and I was like, what the hell is this? And it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I went Did he and even got... like do a joke and come out as top Euro or No, no. He, like, oh. he, he, he tried to get cheapy about Dublin being part of the UK, which I mean, oh, oh. fair enough. See, yeah, Dara, well... we're heading for the GPO. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it was that's the, that's the best he could do, you know. And uh, it was the worst thing ever. And I went out and got like some beer and hot dogs because I was like, this is terrible. I, I would rather be anywhere else than, than in here. Um, I would mind when you get a hot dog and a beer in, in the tree arena it's like 16 year old it's crazy so that's how much I don't like Top Dollar I would rather 
spend money that I don't have. Rather, you'd rather don't. pay a top dollar than watch top dollar. Exactly. So now he's unemployed dollar. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> terrible. Signing on dollar. <laughs> Terrible, 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 terrible talent. Um, but yeah, look, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor, like, they wheel those lads out to like for the Saudi shows, and I'm like, you probably should have just kind of hung out to them for that Man, alone. I would have thought, I would have thought Mansoor would have been kept in catering just for the Saudi shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they, they would wheel those lads out to like do things there. I know like, Mustafa Ali has a much he has a much uh, wider scope than than just you know shows in Saudi Arabia, but and he he was actually good. He yes, like, I was going to say yeah. He he was actually good. Like he's actually quite good, and uh, I mean he's someone not not someone you could build a company around, but I mean definitely someone who has much uh, much more of an upside. Let's put it that way. But the thing about it is, I think like I think Mustafa Ali, sorry Mansour knew look. I'm only here because, you know, the lads are paying paycheck and, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could see him getting fired at the end of this, but they're only halfway through, like, their 10-year yeah. contract. With That's it, yeah. I mean, but the Mustafa Ali thing, I think he knew himself that he was better than just the odd show. And they were giving him a bit of a push now, particularly with, with Dominic Mysterio, but... The hat, wasn't he, like... This terrible like hacker character. No, he was but, no. Here's the thing: he was supposed to be, but they never like commit to it. And then he was supposed to be part of what? What was that group called? Retribution. Retribution. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. do you remember retribution? Yeah, the Antifa kind of goes. Um, we needed a retribution yeah. arc. In, no, please, God, in no. Twenty years. No, no, no. no. It when, it, when it's old, when it's it old was, wrestling. It was bad the first time. I don't particularly <laughs> want to. Oh no. But his hacker gimmick could have been cool, but they didn't like do anything with it. It was weird. Emma is sad too, because I really liked Emma. Um, but like, what, what's weird about this is, right, there were, so there's an announcement that they're doing Elimination Chamber in Australia, right? So, Did Emma... Did have enough people left to, to well, do an Elimination Emma actually tweeted about it, and she goes, oh, I can't wait, you know, because she's obviously Australian. And it's like, oh, like literally, no. but you know, like four hours later, they're like, oh yeah, you're fired. It's like, oh my God, dude, this is, this is cold, even for me. You know when, you know you. I think everyone expected this, but I'm like, at least don't don't do that, you know. But I don't know, man. It, it, Come here, Dar. I'm I'm sickening myself because I said two weeks ago, like this is the end. I I until he shows up, I never want to talk about him again. But do you think all these fired people, they're not big, uh, they're not no. high guys. I know what you're going to say. Their combined salaries might make up the salary of one Charles Montgomery punk. Cookie Monster Punk. <laughs> um, so there was another report. Well, actually, it wasn't a report. It was, it was true. He was doing commentary for uh, uh, yeah, for his, MMA. Yeah, not UFC, but it's like a... Yeah, it was like an indie... In yeah. indie fed, basically, and he was like, "Look, I have the next two months free." Well, and what and he also hasn't. He's just decided to not sue Tony. So, what I think happened here is they're like, "Look, it's not working out. Uh, we're going to waive any non-compete. I won't sue you. You don't sue me." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to show back up in WWE well, and doing." I, the I don't. That's what's I, happening. Tell I you. think the reason he decided not to sue Tony. Is because there is video footage of him attacking 
jungle boy. Like, yeah, I mean, but like, come on, he needed a bit of hiding, you know. But uh, oh no, well, like my point was that like, so we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago when we did the whole firing thing. But I mean, it's wrestling. He could be like, oh, we were working an angle. Look, we were playing. The, well, the reason I think, <laughs> but that, but that's it. Like, like Tony Khan loved Punk so much that if there was any way of keeping him on, he would have. Like the evidence must have just been overwhelming. Yeah. No, uh, but look, I, I, no, I, I think what happened there, right? Not to, not to go over it again because we have, we've, we've yeah, done yeah, it to death. We, but we won't go over. What I think, and if you guys do want to check it out, go listen to the show where we do talk about it for an hour. Um, extensively. What, we extensively. What I think happened here is right. I think you've actually probably, you might have actually predicted it. The salaries and who they fired, they're like, okay, we don't really need these guys, but we do need a star to come in. And yeah, if they if they do, do like, I mean, think about it. They have The Rock back. They have Cena back because Hollywood is shut down. So they have like a big WrestleMania match. You have two big WrestleMania matches made just on those. If you get Punk in for another WrestleMania match, and you know He's main event in WrestleMania night one. You know that's what's happened. That's like the top thing he's asking for, along with the ice cream bars. He wants, he wants those, and I can see that happening. I think, yeah, you've, I that would explain why they well, like, fired. Did he fire? He has, he has a terrible relationship with AEW, with WWE, but I don't know what his relationship with UFC is like. So maybe, maybe they use that side of it. To, uh, you see, know I, don't, I don't, I don't think I, it matters. Uh, what's happening is now TKO are like, uh, we like money, <laughs> and uh, he, he's going to make boatloads of money, which he will. I, I don't think it's like, for me, ah, I man, just don't on. think it's money. I don't come think on. he's motivated like, by money if because ah, he could have come back at any stage over the past seven years if it was money he wanted. No, no, I mean TKO are like they're same money. They're they're they'd probably drive like. You know that bit in The Simpsons where it's like, God, they drove a dump truck full of money up. I'm not made of stone. And it's like, look, if Punk is in WrestleMania next year, I will go to WrestleMania. I uh, honestly got and I, and you know that for the past year, I have raved about his matches. And when people were saying, oh, he botched the Buckshot Larry and all that, I've been I like, did. It was, oh, read about, it was real bad. <laughs> it's bloody terrible. Care. Yeah. I love his matches, love his promos, love his storytelling. Like, I am a big punk gay. And when we went and saw him we did. live in All In, it was amazing. One, you know, for his last AW match, possibly his last match, who knows? Like, that was huge. But man, over this whole thing, I have lost a lot of respect from. I mean, that's fair. But I, I think there's more going on here than just, you know, a reorg. Uh, like firing like this massive list of talent that they're obviously trying to source them out. Now there's another story that WWE are looking to move away from Fox for SmackDown to go back to the USA Network. So, you know, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that. But well, so what's Martin, the what's the advantage of that? Didn't Fox throw a billion dollars at them? Yeah, well, as I said, look, because of this new venture, this new company, a lot of these things can be changed and re-altered. So, you know, we just have to see what's happening. But in the 25 minutes we have left, Martin, we yes. do have to get to uh, In Your House. So, okay. in your ha- so In Your House 5, Seasons Beatens, as it known, came everybody's way from Hershey <laughs> Park. the most generic Christmas name you could no, give. It, no, I think it's generic now because so many metal shows around Christmas have used it. Oh, man, yeah. That's oh, why. So you think this was the, 
Yeah, I think, I think, it, yeah, because it was like 30 something years ago. So probably, yeah, I don't think it was ever used before, before this. But uh, it's from Hershey Park in Pennsylvania. Now, I've been to Hershey Park, right? Hershey Park's class. It's a roller coaster park. And like, you can get chocolate. It's amazing. Chocolate's so, terrible, though. Uh, okay. Hershey bars <laughs> by themselves taste like sick. But they still remind me of being a child because, you know, I went so, went to America so much as a kid that I'm like, oh, this reminds me of being like eight again. I will agree with you. Hershey chocolate by itself. You, you have one bar to be nostalgic and you're like, oh, this is pretty bad, Ari. That's uh, actually kind of similar to myself because I used to be very sick when I was a child. And now whenever I drink enough, enough Buckfast, it just brings me right back to, <laughs> to my glory days. <laughs> but so, uh, okay. So this is one of the shows that um, it was actually so the tickets were lower were sold lower than normal because um, obviously to get people in. But normally so with the pay-per-view, this is the first show that they've actually raised the prices. So they raised the price a fair bit because the buy rate was so, so low. The attendance was around uh, 7,000 just over it. Um, and it wasn't good. Um, the tagline... Um, basically, or the, the whole premise around this was that like the the heart foundation is is crumbling, and that it's not going to be a happy Christmas for uh, basically Bret Hart's whole family. Right now, from the get go on this, when I saw the card, I was like, okay, yeah, it, it might be okay. Uh, it has a casket match. The Undertaker is actually shown up the first time we've seen the Undertaker on one of these shows. Um, and, you know, Owen Hart is there. You know, it can't be too bad if Owen Hart's there. Brett's there. Um, Triple H is there. And then I looked at the match and I was like, oh, my God. Man, uh, on paper, I was even excited about the opening match. Yeah, and the opening match actually turns out to be probably the match of the night in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, nope. <laughs> well, I, I liked it. I, I thought it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was surprised by it, to be honest with you. Um, but Matt, yeah, Matt's not kind of hard <laughs> because like yeah, Bret Hart has a pretty good match with the Bulldog and the casket match is horrific, but we'll get into it when we do. I think the problem here was this is like, so I did some research on this. This happens just before Nitro really takes off. So now they do the, they do the Nitro with Alonzo Bays or Medusa throwing the, the belt in that happens yes. literally the next day. It's a big moment. She puts the WWF women's title in the bin in the bin, yeah. on WCW yeah. television. It also is like the, the start of Nitro really kicking WWE's teeth in. Can so. you imagine if Twitter was around? Oh my God. Hold on a second. <laughs> Punk still has the AEW belt. Oh yeah, like he uh, could show up again, be the real, real world champion. Oh my god, that'd be so. Do you know cool. what? I'd actually like that, but I think with the the no suing, I think he's just gonna. You know, I, I don't know. He, 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 I don't know. That'd be cool though. But yes, if Twitter had a yeah, can you imagine people would have lost their mind? Oh, with with Alundra dropping the yeah. Oh my god! Like just it, it's haywire. Because it's such a it's such a unique unique thing to I, have done. I honest you know? to God think if that had happened at a time when Twitter was around and as you say it's so unique, I think that would have been the birth of brand new uh, misogynistic terms. I think they would have had to invent new terms of misogyny <laughs> for the common stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know what. 
Oh, so I found something more toxic than resting Twitter. Oh, Can you tell me about this? So the Irish national team is a tr- like football team is awful. Um, they they have been for many years. This is not news for anybody. Um, and I'm not a football person. I like my sport fake, or you know, <laughs> the, uh, we, we were all right in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Up, up until up, last Jack. Up, up, un- last Jack. up until the World Cup, right? <laughs> no, that was about it. Um, but yeah, so I was, just, you know, I, I just won't watch it. I like, as I said, I like my sport fake, and that that's that's kind of it. But um, I was on it recently. Ireland were playing someone, and they got battered like. 15 nil or something and it's oh the most God. and it's the most toxic crowd of people ever met i'm like whoa i thought resting twitter was oh, what's it? it's just so bad so toxic soccer fans are toxic yeah i know what? but i was just like you know because my twitter is literally wrestling and like random bits of memes and you know computer stuff and it just went over to it. i was like whoa <laughs> Wrestling fans have a lot to learn. <laughs> they can learn from these people and metastasize into uh, into like one of those homunculuses from uh, Akira, you know? Here, um, here's, a, here's a question. Go on. So, like, we all know that everything, like, Twitter makes everything worse. And, everything. Absolutely everything, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the immediacy of it. It's the fact that it's so... Uh, Unfiltered. And anonymous and unfiltered, yeah, it's stuff you'd never... But also, it's the fact that the word limit doesn't allow for, like, subtlety or nuance or explanation. Is there a fan base that's not toxic? What's the least toxic fan base? No, I, I, I think you'll find that every fan base at some point is extremely toxic. I bet, I bet you... I bet you it's something awful. You know what it is? I bet you, know you know there's, like, a really awful product, but, like, the nicest fan base. I bet you, like, tentacle porn... Has like the loveliest fan base. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I, I love these I moments of silence that Dara uses to decide uh, when he's going to hit the edit button. No, I, I you've actually like stumped me for words because I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean. I think every kind of fan base at some point, like there's deep, ex- like there's there's so many videos on YouTube of like people going to different fandoms and stuff like that. And at some point, there is just like this weird section of it, you know. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, this is up there with the fanboys. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't have to respond to it. Uh, well, you, oh, so, like, like the core question, like, have you ever come across? on Twitter, like a non-toxic fan base? No. For anything? No. See, that's why I think that it's not even people. I think Twitter, the platform, is the problem. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I mean, a lot of Twitter is bots, and that was proven when Elon had a look at the code. I mean, making a Twitter bot is super easy. Um, But I don't know. I, I just think it's just like the rabble mentality where it's like, oh, this thing happened, and then immediately, like, that's kind of the cool thing about Twitter is like you can you can respond in real time and you can just kind of like I used to like live tweet pretty much everything and then I just kind of stopped because I was like there's just there's no point uh, and I think people like do that but for like real life important things um, but when it comes to like fan bases whatever it is like we're wrestling they're like oh that was kind of stupid as far as like the booking of it they should have booked it better or that match was bad because of the performance when it's sport and people are really invested in it because you know people really are into sport which is I'm like okay cool um, 
But like they're like, this person is the worst person ever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> they kick a ball around. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Hope it's day. Hope your whole family days. Hope you watch them day. Exactly. It's like, it's like, on, it's He's like, like a sub for like, Tottenham Hotspur. Leave him alone. Like, it's like, listen, you know, <laughs> this, this is worth it, buddy. He, you know, he's going back to his part-time job in the chipper. Like, you know, calm down. Um, oh, it's wild. It's wild. Like, I've never, I've never seen that before. You know, where you're like, okay, and uh, you know, it's embarrassing when you you're you're more toxic than wrestling fans who are like. So all in all, all in all, worse. Twitter make, and all in all, Twitter makes things worse. But I think if it had have existed in this time, it would oh, have been even worse again. World War Three. I think literal wars would have been. Started. Well, there was. We were in the middle of a of one between WCW and WWE. Monday Night Wars. Exactly. So, look. I mean, again, that's probably why this show is so bad because WCW is cooking on all cylinders. They've really, really, they, they've they've really kind of got their product sorted out. It's after the steroid trials. So Vince is trying to like not <laughs> push lads who are roided out um, beyond all recognition. WCW or, is going through like a real hot period and Vince yeah. is throwing out hug pen matches and wondering why he's not winning the ratings. Exactly. And I think there's a combination of creative burnout and Vince really not knowing what he's doing. Uh, like when you're watching this show, a lot of the charm just isn't there. Uh, Jeff Jarrett did come back though, which was yeah, great. To absolutely no pop. I popped. Uh, do you know what? Like, if... Like so, we covered this in the last in your house that Jarrett did in your house. Yeah, did that like in Tennessee, wasn't it? Yes, did that amazing like lip syncing thing, like where it was actually road dog singing backstage. Like it was such good heat, it was amazing. And if they had capitalized on that, like, do you remember we talked about how like unique and what brilliant heat heat that was? Yes, and then he went away. And then he came back five months later and nobody cared. It was all gone. Yeah, it was all gone. It was like... Timing is... Like, I'm all for, uh, like, a promoter mapping something out and sticking to it. But sometimes you just have to go, this thing is hot right now. We got to capitalize on this. They struck when the iron was ice cold. (laughs) Shattered the iron. They had finished with the iron, put it away, and came back to it about four days later. And that's when they're like, oh, let's do this. So that was sad, but I, I was happy to see Double J back. Uh, the first match, had like I actually kind of liked it a fair bit. I was surprised how good Mar- Marty Jannetty was, which was weird. Uh, it should have Look, it should have been a one-on-one match with uh, Razor and, and one 2 3 kid but this whole arc has been keeping them as far away as possible from each other using various and varied gimmicks. And yeah. it wasn't really surprising to see uh, Razor and Janetti get the win. It was surprising to see Marty Janetti actually like wrestle. And apparently, though, he showed up on Raw pretty much every week during this period. So I feel well, bad for Marty Janetti. I really like, do. Like I was kind of disappointed by this match. And okay. Again, not not like like you're saying you enjoyed it, and that's fair enough. Um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. Well, you. I didn't enjoy anything on this card, but you know, <laughs> didn't hate it. <laughs> like what annoyed me about it was that the potential was there for something amazing. So yeah. like, oh my god, Janetti and the kid, like that's a high flying match in 1995. That's unheard of. That would have been amazing. And also, Janetti 
and Psycho Sid or the kid and Razor, you got this amazing big man, small man thing. And then the kid and Psycho Sid as a tag team, that's incredible. Like they could have done so much with that. Like you could have had the kid doing like the cowardly, you know, sniveling like cheeky heel stuff. And then whenever someone goes to slap him, like Psycho Sid steps in and um, Psycho Sid could have been the power guy and kid could have been doing like the fast, like they could have done amazing double team moves. You could have called the team Psycho Kid. Like, Oh, was, brilliant. There was so much here. And there was flashes of it. Like, uh, some of the interactions between the kid and Marty Gennetti were amazing. Like, Marty Gennetti pulled out, like, a top rope blockbuster in 1995. Like, you know that's... what it was? You know what it was? I don't think Finn's had a, a vision for what he was doing. I think at this point, I don't even think, it, you know, Bruce Pitcher pretty much confirmed it today when I was listening to the show. He was spinning his wheels. Like, they were completely yeah. just battered. By WCW, like, we need to respond. Let's just try stuff. And instead of 100%. having, like, again, they had Bret Hart as their guy, and you weren't able to make that work enough that the show felt like it was built around it. You know, like, the rest of the show was completely random, and it never felt like, yeah, they'd bring it up, obviously, but it was like, you know what I mean? It, it didn't, like, okay. It, it felt Hold like on. an episode of Raw. It didn't feel no. like a pay-per-view. Well, yeah, that too. But 1996, this was? Five, 95. 95. 95. So four years later. <laughs> 95 is not a good year. No, it's not a good year. Although it is thankfully the end of it. But four years later, they would have their whole show based around what Austin was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it was like, you knew, okay, random stuff would happen and be nonsense. But it was entertaining nonsense and in the end is not the real truth the answer is no um <laughs> but uh wasn't wasn't the real journey the nonsense we did along the way <laughs> um but yeah like and, and that's kind of what this show was missing for me there was no where you could kind of buy into you know it was just like here's a lot well, of stuff well dara and i i hate to interrupt you but uh, <laughs> oh, I'm interested with this. Tell me, where did you buy in? I bought in in the first match. Okay. And it, it wasn't because of the match. As I said, the match was to me slightly disappointing, not because it was bad, but because I thought it had so much potential and it was so layered with potential. But my God, in the middle of this match, the middle of the match, by the way, not afterwards, didn't the camera cut to our old friend um, Todd? Petten, Pettengrew, Pettengrew. Uh, the host? And, yeah, and yeah, he hopped, yeah, yeah. He hopped into the audience. And Pettengill. who was in the audience? But Goldust. Yeah. Oh, now, man. What okay. Goldust would become later on when they told him to sort of, oh, you're getting like maybe too much heat, maybe <laughs> tone back the homoerotic stuff. This is before he had been told to tone it back. And this was amazing. So Todd Pettengrew comes up to him, <laughs> and the first thing Goldust says to him is, Todd, are you here for an affair? Oh my God. <laughs> 10 10, best pay per view ever. Um, I, will, I will have to say, Goldust, and again, we're, we're just at that line where, you know, um, hold on. We'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll hang on to this for the podcast because I, I don't know what we can say. Uh, <laughs> 
we'll, well hang on. You know we'll hang on to Goldust for, for literally in another five minutes. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah, we're we're going like so. We had plans to keep it to a tight fifty-five, but no, we can't. We, we're going for the podcast. Yeah, we we, ha- we have to we have to talk about Goldust. That was that was wild. That's amazing. It, that was wild that that happened tonight. If if Todd, are you here for an affair? Has piqued your interest? You gotta head over to the podcast. You do. You do. You're, you know, it, there's certain things I have to cut out of this show, obviously. Uh, there's one thing specifically I'm going to have to cut out of the podcast this week. But <laughs> I have the, the live show. Oh, but no, the podca- what was that? <laughs> but the, 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 the podcast is always uncut. The, the live show, sometimes, you know, we have to we have to mind our P's and Q's. But before we go to break and then into the podcast, Martin, um, what would you... What would you say for people to watch your show? What was actually a good match that you'd be like, oh, this was actually worth it? Or was there one? So whenever, as I say, whenever we go into the podcast, we do it in detail. But the Bret Hart Bulldog match, the main event, is excellent. And for me personally, like like Bret Hart's my favorite wrestler. I mean, in recent years, Kenny Omega has been creeping up on him. And that has surprised even me. But Mm. uh, Bret Hart's still my all-time favorite. So I had never actually seen this pay-per-view because it's one of those ones that got lost in the mix. So imagine that there's something you love, like you really love it. And then 20 years later, you stumble across a version of it you've never seen. Say you're like mad into Friends. You've seen every episode of Friends. You love Friends. You know, you've watched Friends so much you could recite. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. Go what? M- Matt Riddle has is no longer with WWE. Oh, uh, that was kind of be expected after. Yeah, I know, but come on, of, that's a couple yeah, of but <laughs> that's insane. He just, uh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, there you go, folks. There you go. And Sorry. I'd say he's not the only one. I'd say there's that. This must be another wave, then, is it? So, so all, over a hundred employees have been gone already. God, there's uh, such a so, company. So many, so so many. But anyway, if yeah. you're so say you're a big fan of Friends and you've known all the episodes of Friends, and then twenty years later, you discover an episode of Friends you've never seen. Like, wouldn't you be delighted? So I had never seen this pay per view, and I had never seen this Bret Hart match, and it's actually a really, it's a brilliant Bret Hart match. So like that for me, I think is something worth watching, and. Uh, <laughs> the gold dust nonsense is just incredible. So there's the a great balls there's, on that man. There's a great meme, actually, and it's from uh, you can't see meme. Simpsons resting oh, meme. Oh, news. nice. And it's uh, Vince, uh, so it's a bit you know the radioactive man movie. You know the episode of Simpsons. You know when you have the edit it and they're like, uh, <laughs> you're fired. Nothing. And with good cause, right? And it's oh Vince, yes, yes, it's Vince and Triple H just puzzled, and they're like, "You're fired." And it's just Matt Riddle saying, "Oh, with good cause, it's amazing." <laughs> so I send it to you in the, the chat. Actually, folks, it's so good. I'm going to put it on our social media. And if you're not following, if you're not following following us on social media, please do go over to the WrestlingRewind.com. There's a link tree. All the links are there. Please follow us on social media where we can share memes and have the crack. Because at the end of the day, that's what wrestling is all about. you're on the flipping social media, once I see Grand Slam and re-download all these cursed apps, um, we're going to start like a bit of a, a kind of a resurgence of our social media and we're going to start dropping like wee clips 
yes. the shows and wee memes and stuff like that. I have a wee bank of them made, ready to go, and I'm excited. It's going yes. to be fun. We're, we're actively going to try. We're not going to try. We're going to do. We're actively we're going like, to. We're like Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He, we're going to try. Exactly. And we have no catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> even though we do. <laughs> we have a few of them. But uh, yeah, so go over to wrestlingrewind.com now um, and then follow our social media and you'll get to see that phenomenal meme which has absolutely made my day because it's the best thing ever. And we'll be back after this short break on the podcast. So if you are listening on Phoenix FM, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back after this short break for the rest of uh, this this uh, this show and a lot of talk about gold dust because holy heck, it's something else. Uh, we'll talk to you after this short break. Goodbye, guys. Join us for an affair. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Sinkara, Sinkara, friendly neighborhood Sinkara. Wears a mask, all the fights underneath stupid lights. Look out, here comes the Sinkara. Listen, jerk, this Huracan runner will never work Jumps the ropes, that was nice This match was recorded twice Look out, there goes the Sin Cara Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production Alright everybody, we're back here on uh, not on Phoenix FM because we can't, because we're going to talk about Goldust and <laughs> Goldust the 1995, holy Christ um, but we are on the WrestlingRewind.com, Nerd to Know Media and the True Penny channel, thank you so much again if this is your first time checking out the podcast go over to social media and go to Patreon we have many tiers including the X-Pack Euro or the 123 Euro or the 123 Punt because back in 1995, we used the punt in Ireland, not the euro. So maybe that's what we should do, Martin. We, we should have very like effectively the Hando, the Hando tree punt. For anyone <laughs> who haven't seen the punt, oh, the, aver- the average punt coin was about the size of a frisbee. I literally have one here. I literally <laughs> have one. No, I literally have one right here, like on my work desk. I have one. I have the the Millennium one. And it was uh, tremendous for rioting. Would absolutely <laughs> break through. Uh, Break through a riot shield. It's a huge. Look. In fact, it must. What I never understood, and I think part of the reason um, our economy has historically been in trouble is because I'd say a punt cost about a punt fifty to make, and I'd, I'd say that's what. what Listen, euros <laughs> don't feel like real money. When, no, but, when the, when but that's why they work because a euro probably costs about half a cent to make. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, right? If like when you go to England and you're using like pounds, you're like, ah, oh, feels like real money. And it does. When you're in the, when you're in America, you're like, oh, that's a good currency you have there, because um, it's all notes and it's like, oh, it's grand. You know, it, it feels like real money. And when you're using the euro, you're like, this feels like monopoly money. It doesn't feel like real money. But when you're when you do hold the punt, you're like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a good bit of weight to that, you know. So I mean, look. The punt feels like when we used to trade in like silver and stuff. Yeah, 
it feels you know, like re- it feels like it has value because it did. Imagine, like imagine you had like a like one of those uh, bags, you know, with a rope on the top, and it was full of punt. No. <laughs> like, like what? I, one of the old timey like, like yeah, you know, I'd, I'd horses. Say, I'd say Judas betrayed Jesus for thirty punt. I'd say. <laughs> well, I mean, you could buy a house and a car and you know with everything. Oh with my god! You had thirteen punts back in the day. That was it. And I've changed for a chalk ice. Like exactly. Uh, look, all of, I don't know. I, 30, we're not, 30, thirty punt in the day would have bought you WWE and UFC. Oh yeah, I mean. That, Punk would be working for you for for five punts, you know. But and and he'd actually show up to work. He would, yeah, he'd be happy for it. Wouldn't assault your mother. <laughs> oh, look, we're not really a political podcast here on this. Uh, but what I will Dara say is, isn't <laughs> no, what look, <laughs> I think everyone can agree. Bring the punts back <laughs> because the euros not working out. I mean, great idea and all, but the punts are just amazing. I, I, and look, it's such a great word. It rhymes it, with cunt, which. <laughs> We're Thank on God the podcast. We're on the podcast. Thank God we're on, we're on the podcast. podcast. So look, I mean, if you guys haven't seen the punts, they're like they actually are pretty cool. Like the actual design and everything on them is amazing. The Euros, they're just kind of shit. <laughs> it's just kind of shit. Um, Played, so yeah. Like not not just like the punt, like all the punt coins were class. Oh, look class, and the coins, like the notes and everything looked amazing. So. Like the fifty, I think, I think the fifty p punt was the only thing deadlier than the pound punt. The 50p punt was thicker and heavier. Yeah. And then the 20p had a big golden horse on it. I mean, you can't pay it that. <laughs> it did, yeah. Like, like you're going to buy, you know, like a, a bag of meanies. It's like, how many is that? How much is a bag of meanies? It's three golden, golden horse. horses. <laughs> there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's just it's not the same. I mean, sorry, it really isn't. And I know a lot of things are digital, but it's just like, can we just have the punts back? There you go. I, I, I think that would like fix a lot of things just bring the punt back that that's bring, all yeah. we want you know in fact for all of europe replace the euro <laughs> with the punt. there you go i mean like i know you lads had the other currency but that's kind of lame the punt's a lot better trust me you, you'll like it <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know what's cool though right it's, actually, uh punts is like walking around with a pocket full of manhole covers yes that's how you know you have money <laughs> It feels like money. I will have to say, like I, I'm a big fan of coins. Um, like I, I re, you know, there's a really cool thing in Rome. You can see all like the Roman coins and stuff, and like euros just don't feel that way. You know, they don't look the same. Punts definitely did. Like the English money, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it it definitely feels like money. You know, but yeah, we never should have given that up. <laughs> never should have given that up. Um, hopefully we'll get it back one day. That that's. I hope we, you mean the punt, not the English money. <laughs> oh no, we no, we don't need that back. That was no, no, <laughs> no, no. We don't need that back. No, no, no. The punt, we need the punt back. Um. Anyway, so guys, you know, we will. We don't rarely make political statements, but we will stand over that one. Bring the punt back. Wrestling, are you on? Um. Okay. Now, gold dust in so, the middle of of. Marty Gennetti and Razor Ramon hold versus on, hold on, hold on. Psycho I need to, Kid. I need, to explain something. I need to explain something first, right? So for anyone that doesn't know, when Gold Dust, Dustin Reynolds, was initially offered this oh, yeah. role, <laughs> <laughs> I think Vince rang him and said, you know, he wants an androgynous role. And he didn't really know what that was. And he just agreed to it, right? And it would eventually become a bit more like that, where he's like this, for want of a better word, starlet but like in a in a serial killer way you know with, with some homoerotic overtones 
that's what it kind of became. They actually they gave him Marlena because Dustin yeah. Reynolds got the the gay stuff over too much. Like he yeah. generated now bear in mind this is the nineties. Any of our listeners now who are from our LGBTQ family, we love you all very much. Oh more than welcome. More than welcome, absolutely. But this is nineties wrestling. <laughs> yeah, this is nineties wrestling. It's not a welcoming place. And and if and if you see it, well, I mean, look, anyone listening to the show knows when we read out signs from the crowd. Yeah. That the, the you know and certain gold, groups get picked on a lot more than others. And you know, that's the whole point of this character was to, to exploit that and well to push that button and And I, boy I, did Goldust push this button. Vince like, McMahon <laughs> said Goldust, I'm gonna need you to push that button. And Goldust said, "Can I push it with my tongue?" I think he can. Can he push it with his? <laughs> you know, yeah. Because I, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so bizarre. And I mean, yeah, he, he's known as the bizarre one, but it's like it's not that what he's doing is bizarre. It's that like the time that he's doing it in is so like crazy. Like you'd see this later on with. Um, Lando Jordan would do something similar in TNA where he'd come out dressed like Lady Gaga and squirt sunblock all over his chest which is <laughs> that happened and that's like even further again and uh, it's, it's kind of nice like as a I mean obviously that's not nice but it's kind of <laughs> nice as a <laughs> as a, a kind of testament to how far things have come that um, I think it was only like four weeks ago uh, the acclaimed were wrestling yes and, uh, yes there was a, I can't remember who it was, but there was a female wrestler like tried to distract Anthony Bowens by coming on to him. And Anthony Bowens was like, that's not going to work. I'm mad gay. And then the whole crowd, instead of being like a 90s WCW crowd, because and I, I'm not one to get tribal, but WCW was definitely worse yeah for they the were folks they were a lot worse for the whole like so the, much worse the, the, the slurs that come from oh, the CW are like God. that bit beyond uh, you know but the whole crowd starts chatting he's gay he but it's like it's not, a celebration not, not an yeah, accusation not, not exactly. sure look even even when punk had his last match with uh you know with, with, so he went over <laughs> to a young one in the crowd with like yeah, LGBT the tra- sign, trans you know? rights thing yeah so and, like um so I mean, that, that's how far we are away from this. So it's weird to see Goldust do this. But then at the same time, you're like, it was 35 years ago, you so know? Like, uh, so before we get into the detail of it, because, man, I can't wait to get into the detail of it. But just one more thing to say about the whole sure. situation as a whole is, obviously, like, the main people who were hurt by this kind of rhetoric were actual gay people. Like, yeah. Obviously, if, if you love wrestling and you tune into wrestling and you see your sexuality being used as an insult, that's going to hurt. And it's never cool. And it's never cool. No. But that does not take away from the fact. In fact, it, it only uh, emphasizes the fact that Justin Reynolds, in that atmosphere, in that era, went at this and went at it hard. The balls oh yeah that I mean, man like he <laughs> legitimately could have been stabbed at events he could have been like and, and, and again that's not to say that like in the 80s 90s like 
actual gay people weren't facing the violence. They obviously were. I'm just saying, as a performer, he chose to take on this role, even though he initially didn't know what the word androgynous meant. <laughs> but my God, the balls on that man to take on this role and run this. Holy hell. So what happened in the segment? Well, the uh, Todd Pettengale, Pettengrew, Petting something. Pettengill. He wasn't petting Goldust, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Comes up to him and Goldust says, uh, Todd, are you here for an affair? And Todd is like, what? <laughs> and then Goldust start going, look at Razor Ramon. What a picture of masculinity. That hairy chest. <laughs> that, that, that Roman jawline. This is a direct quote. It is. <laughs> it is a direct I could, quote. I could drown in a hormonal wave. A direct quote from <laughs> direct WWF quote. in 1995. <laughs> drown in a hormonal wave. Um, and then he gives him a letter to give to Razor Ramon. A match is <laughs> happening, by the way. A match is happening <laughs> during, this, <laughs> during this literary assault. That is how Razor Ramon doesn't know, doesn't even realize he's it's, being molested. It's, it's what's important as well to remember that. Like, it's not only like it, like the match is happening, but it's in split screen. Yeah, so and you, I'm can, you know. So glad we are in the podcast because I like the oh this is the only phrase that adequately describes what's happening because you've heard the words <laughs> right you've heard what he says but you haven't seen how he says it you yeah. haven't seen the face right yeah. Goldust is a character Dustin Reynolds is an actual man a, a, a heterosexual uh, you know Texas born and bred man right and he is so committed to that character that he is looking at Razor Ramon like he wants to eye fuck the shit out of him. <laughs> like he is fully undressing him <laughs> during this promo. Um, so a couple, couple of years ago, like I read in one of the books that uh, Goldust had said to Vince McMahon, I was like, look, this character, like I'm really committed. Like if you want to go the whole hog, we'll go the whole hog. And Goldust offered to get breast implants. Yes. Right? Now, I never believed that. Until I saw him, I fucking the shit out of Razor Ramon. I was like, that man is so dedicated to this role. I totally believe he would get titties. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's a reason why he went in and, and did the whole sin gimmick in, in WCW and that. Because, you know, he was properly committed to it. So Yeah, he's... It, 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 look, it, it's one of the most bizarre things. I've ever seen and I'm watching wrestling a long time <laughs> purely because look as I said the Orlando Jordan thing is a lot more overt with, with what they're trying to get what they're trying to do and that upset a lot of people as well because I mean we will when you see it words can't really describe how <laughs> what it is when you see it you're like you know what okay but uh, you know um, with this it's just more bizarre because it's just a normal wrestling match in 1995 and then Goldust and you're like whoa so they had moments where even though yeah. this was like if, if, if they had had the balls to really run with this character it would have been something groundbreaking well it's not even if they had the because like, they did they did run with it right but it wasn't even that it was like 
they didn't know what they wanted to do yet. Like, look, even yeah. though even though Vince Russo can be blamed and should be blamed for a lot of things, when he did eventually take over writing WWE and had it in that kind of car crash focus thing, Goldust, unfortunately, was a little bit too early. If he just had been, if this had been two years later, yeah, there you go. You could have had a full on, like I mean, you could have had a full on Jerry Springer thing. With, with if he had a popped up during the Attitude Era, exactly, he would have been amazing. But it was Master. the fact that by the time the Attitude Era came around, the crowd was used to him, like everybody. Yeah, yeah that's but the problem. During that, the first six actually months, the problem. That's yeah, actually the problem. Yeah, during the first six months, Goldust pushed that homophobia button so hard that he was literally ordered to tone it down and they gave him Marlena to uh, to tone it down so yeah. that they could say no he's just he's not actually gay he's just odd like Marlena <laughs> comes out and she's smoking a big cigar so she's kind of like a man and love like like Goldust scared the shit out of them because yeah. he went out there and he did the thing too good yeah speaking of doing something too good uh, I need to mention this casket match that nearly killed The Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> and this is the reason why The Undertaker uh, didn't ever want to feud with uh, Viscera. Oh. It was this casket match <laughs> where his face was already broken because yep. I think it was because of a match with Mabel. I think it was another casket match with Mabel where he broke his face. Um, but this feud is pretty much the reason Mabel why The Undertaker... Also almost broke Diesel's spine. Yes, it's true. So w- when you're watching these matches with with uh, this, with King Mabel and Undertaker, this is exactly why Taker was like, you know what? He's going to be my buddy. <laughs> He'll be my stable. I never want to wrestle him again. Yeah. And I think that is we're why... We're never Undert- breaking up and we're never feuding and no, we're best we're, friends. <laughs> no matter what, we're never feuding. And I think... This is this why I stay the smartest guy in wrestling. This is why I stay so close to Dara because he has sent me videos of him doing his roundhouse kick in training. <laughs> I will never betray him. <laughs> we'll always be on the same team. <laughs> I appreciate that. But um yeah, I mean with uh with this match like it wasn't it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't like a great match, but it was kind of like how like, I guess my question on this one and It'll probably answer the entire feelings of this. King Mabel, do you ever think that he could have gone over? Like, with this match, it was him at his, like, peak. He's against The Undertaker, and he's in a gimmick match. No. This is the best that he can do. Uh, King Mabel, no. Viscera, maybe. Um, Yeah. the, the, The problem was never actually with him. I mean, this isn't a great match. No. Uh, he actually doesn't have a history of great matches but what he does if you put him in the right match put uh, Viscera or Mabel in like like a short vicious heavy hit match he can really surprise you because he is agile and he is athletic for a big man and I mean he's not a big man like Vader or a big man like Big Show he's a big man as in scarily obese like mm. Um, and he pulls out some stuff in this match is pretty cool he's pulled out some stuff in other matches that is like uh, like sometimes his Enziguri 
is like a genuinely surprising kick to the head and sometimes his injury is like a you know gently uh, tickling the person's elbow you know that's about as high as he gets so I, I definitely think that with the right gimmick he absolutely could have gotten over but he just never got the right gimmick and of all the gimmicks he had this purple and gold onesie was just was definitely not it just the worst you know what's interesting though when I was watching this match it reminded me a lot of the Wrestlemania 23 match where Undertaker went against Mark Henry oh that's disappointing to hear because I always liked Mark Henry no 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 what I'm saying is that this match done well oh right <laughs> and I was just like oh maybe oh, they were you know and is that's that the one where Rusev tweeted bury me gently brother and then they took him out of the match <laughs> no 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 this was like this. it's the same Wrestlemania that uh, Foley and Edge had their match oh wow so it's going way back yeah I think it's 2008 but that match I was just like I was watching oh no sorry it would have been 2005 um, yeah no when I was watching like this I was like oh okay so it took them 10 years to figure out how to do this match but they uh they finally got there and it just wasn't what Mabel is with someone much more talented than in Mark Henry. Um, okay, so Ramon and Mar- Marty Gennetti defeated the one to three kid. Admet Johnson defeated Bully uh, Landell, who actually is Balls Mahoney, believe it or not. Um, no, you've you mixed them no, up. No, I mixed them up. No, you've sorry. Mixed some stuff up there. I have. Sorry, so. sorry. I, I jumped ahead. <laughs> oh my God. We need sorry. To pic- we need to get a picture of Buddy Landell up on the website. With- Balls no, of course. <laughs> no, because, sorry. <laughs> so who was he? Well, he's Buddy Landell. That's who. He was. So he, here's what here's where you're mixing up. So um, uh, Jeff Jarrett came out. <laughs> I wish he, I wish he was Bob Mahoney. Sorry, I have my yeah, notes. It would have been better. But no, Bob yeah. Mahoney was, was was the Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. There's stuff around this. So so Jeff Jarrett came out. Uh, here's a thing I learned. Literally just today, while looking up um, looking up stuff, because I do do a bit of research for these podcasts. Do you know who Jeff Jarrett's babysitter was? No. A young lady called... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Oh my God, that's amazing. You did tell me this. Did I, t- did I tell you that already? Yeah, I, I, I know this. I don't know why I know this, so you might have said this to me before. I couldn't believe it. I was looking it up, I was like... It's the most bizarre thing I've ever read. But not really, because, I mean, she was big into country music and Jeff Jarrett legitimately likes country music. Well, here's... So here's what I want to ask. So obviously when Jeff Jarrett came back, his whole um, uh, It Ain't Me Baby or Kiss Me Baby tour, whatever he called his tour, was fake. There was never any tour. Mm. But he legitimately did put out the single uh, Kiss Me Baby. Mm-hmm. And he's holding the thing saying 500,000 sales. Is that legitimate? Like, did it? I don't know. That, like, because sometimes WWE surprises I don't you. think so. I don't think so. Yeah, but sometimes you're like, Everton, Everton in WWE is fake. And then you learn that, like, the whole Cyber Sunday, Taboo Tuesday thing is totally legit. Like, they actually went with whatever the vote said. You know, so, like... I, I don't know. Like, so I looked it up on YouTube. 
and there is legitimately a single like Jeff Jarrett has that kiss me baby or whatever it is single out on YouTube like it's there it's recorded so like 500,000 sales in the United States is not a lot of sales well see it's the album that was supposed to be like with my baby tonight was the song with my baby tonight yeah and that like legitimately is a banger right I know that did well. it's sung by the road, Doug. Yeah, which makes it kind of better, <laughs> right? But, I mean... And they brought Jeff Jarrett back, but not the road, Doug. <laughs> the, <laughs> the single... Oh, okay, hold on. The single was legitimate, okay? The album wasn't. No, of course not. So I think they might have, like, conflated the two. But, no, I, I think it is... BS, because the album I don't even think exists, but the song does, and the song is a banger, even though it's sung by the Road Dog. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, they have this. Jack yeah. Oh Jack my God, that would be amazing if Taylor Swift covers it. Oh, doesn't she actually kind of owe Jeff Jarrett that? I uh, come on. I mean, think about it. Like, you were. Uh, like a teenage girl looking for work and Jeff Jarrett put his children in your trust and paid you. You owe him with my baby tonight. (laughs) (laughs) One time. (laughs) One time. (laughs) Um, But anyway, this all morphs into an Ahmed Johnson versus Buddy Landell match. That's precious. Lasts. uh, Well, I'll tell you what. uh, I mean... It doesn't last long enough to be atrocious. It's 43 seconds. Yeah. But what got me about it was, even in the 43 seconds, it's not a very good match. But what got me about it was, is that in this era of WWE, like, nobody's really doing hard hit moves. Nobody's doing like, you know, like New Japan style moves or anything like that. Maybe Diesel's, like, that jackknife powerbomb has always terrified me. It always looks terrifying. It's the height. It's because he's so big. But, he's so tall. But like. i got to say, Ahmed Johnson's Pearl River Plunge is basically just a tiger driver. Mm. Man, I don't know if it's just because the era that it's in, like nothing else looks particularly good, that it looks terrifying, or that it's just actually a genuinely terrifying move. But for me... Like, the match is nothing, but I thought the finish was great. Well, look, we have 10 minutes left of this show, right? Um, I would say that the, the hog pen match, those matches, I think it might be my least liked match I've ever seen. I think the only time I've ever seen that kind of work has been with Vicky Guerrero. You're not missing anything. Own Hart, unfortunately, it's a disqualification win over Diesel, which he deserved better than that. Undertaker, obviously. That, that was the. Uh, Owen Hart thing was heartbreaking because it was an Owen Hart Diesel match could have been amazing. Uh, yeah, I was expe- I was expecting so and, much more from that. And like Owen, even though it wasn't a great match, was committed because he was bumping his arse off for it. Mm. Um, and the end, like they didn't even get a good end. The finish was stupid. Uh, the hug- you know what? You know what's weird to say? Just before you say that, yeah, yeah. I always assumed Triple H was punished for the curtain call incident, right? But he's yeah. in a hog pen match now, and this is obviously like a couple of months before the the curtain call is, happens. Is why do, Why do you think he was given such a bad match? Well, like maybe 
maybe it wasn't a bad match. Like, I mean, like no, it's obviously a bad match, but maybe it wasn't in the eyes of the booker. It wasn't a bad match. They were going, look, we got this guy Triple H. He's up and coming. Uh, so he's obviously not the top guy. He's not going to be the main event right But we're going to put him in like a featured, like the hog pen, like, as ridiculous as it was. So for anyone who doesn't know, it was literally a wooden fence area outside the ring covered in shit with five or six literal live pigs in it uh, and the loser was whoever got thrown in the hog pen mm. uh, so like I mean like we can all say it's like oh my god he's been punished or this was terrible but I mean I think this is just WWF at the time he was oh, in a man. he was in a featured featured match and look a lot of this pay-per-view has to do with the time right so mm. lots of these matches aren't good but the crowd are hot as yeah fuck for that's see that's the that's what's interesting about this yeah. the crowd the whole time are like vibrating they're that yeah. into it the undertaker matches shit the crowd never stops for it. No, this Henry Godwin gimmick is bullshit. The crowd is apoplectic for it. Like, the crowd also, is white. Triple H is, is cut up in his back, and he's rolling around in that shit, and I'm like, that's how a staph infection happens. Uh, one manky. of the manky. many infections you'd be open to. Um, what I would say about this match is, like, the actual match when they had it in the ring, I was fine. It was back and forth. It was... Uh, it was like like I say about a lot of these matches, kind of a sort of a typical raw affair. Yeah. Um, the end was surprising because everybody <laughs> there is, there expected. Is, it is pretty funny though. Triple H just get hit in the head with like a coke at the end of it, <laughs> which I just noticed. This, this is one of the best bits, right? So, match ends. Triple H actually wins. Henry or Godwin runs at him, and yep. Triple H does a backflip. Now, what a what a what a backdrop. Like Absolutely. Henry Godwin goes for it. He launches himself about four feet in the air and I searched for it because I was full sure there must be a letter from Peter about this match because he comes within inches of killing a pig. <laughs> it's like li- these are live pigs in the pen. And when Triple H does the pack drop, Henry Godwin almost lands on one of them. Mm. Um uh, so he wins the match, but then he gets his heat back by getting Triple H in the in the pig pen, and uh, he body slams him. And like you said, Triple H has like a really substantial cut on his back, and he gets slammed in the pig shite, and he's slipping and falling about. He like you love Triple H. I'm not a big fan, but he is really good at a heel selling indignation yes he's he awesome at that. always has been yeah always has been yeah and then just at the peak of his indignation he's covered in pig shit and he's slipping and sliding around in it this is why wrestling beats any other kind of entertainment <laughs> a fan chucks a full a full can or no a, a cup cup of, of coke coke at him and it <laughs> bounces clean off his head it is wonderful <laughs> uh, it, it, you know it might actually it might actually be like the highlight of the show it, 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 was, it really is yeah. because it was so, do you know what it's up there with it's up there with Cody getting beaten at Wrestlemania and like this big 
emotional. My God, I thought this was the end of a story. Never, and then someone throws a rubber chicken in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like we, like again, we don't condone like that stuff happening. It's like a chair shot where you're like, oh, you know. But then it's also like oh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay so so look we kind of touched on it in about five minutes um i'm gonna like the bret hart british bulldog match he's your guy uh he is go for it okay but before i go for it i need to tell you one more thing so in order to get the pigs into the hog pen match they had to like you can't just land like i don't know you're not a farmer dara uh i don't know how many of your listeners are farmers. no i i i'll be honest with you I've I've seen a cow in person one or two times. I've been up close with them maybe twice, and every time it's like, damn, that that's a big animal. So that shows you I have very little experience with you, with farm animals at all. I'll be honest with you. You can herd cattle. You can herd goats. You can't herd sheep or pigs. Sheep or pigs. Really? Hold yeah, on. What then? What what the sheep dogs do? Well, uh, actually, the, yeah, you have me there. If you have a sheep dog, you can herd sheep. Yeah, I have I have two sheep dogs. If you <laughs> If you let them out, you can't. Uh, they're not like big lumbering, docile creatures that just go whatever way you. Oh, okay. Shout. They'll actually try to resist. No, it's not the. No, they do the opposite. Like if you shout at a load of cows, Juan, 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 they kind of just move away right. from you. Right. But if you do that at sheep or pigs, they scatter. Oh, wow. Well, okay. They go everywhere. So, in order to get the pigs into the hog pen. WWF had to take all their uh, like guard railings for the crowd and that and create like a tunnel literally from the like one of the backlock truck areas directly to the hog pen, right? And put the pigs through it. Now they got the pigs in so much so much effort going. They got the pigs in and they had the pig match. Some joker, and from what I've researched, the consensus seems to be that it was, of all people, Pat Patterson, when the pigs were being taken back, changed the fences so that the pigs, until the end of the show, were kept in Vince McMahon's office. (laughs) And apparently, this will shock you, apparently Vince McMahon was furious. <laughs> I don't blame him. I'd be upset too. Furious. But, oh, man. Um, the other wee tidbit I have for you is we already touched on it how Santa shows up in the show. He does. Uh, not played uh, by Mick Foley. Not played by Mick Foley. Played by Balls Mahoney. And uh, so Santa shows up. Now, Santa gets paid off by the million dollar man and he smacks uh, Savio Vega. With his with his uh, big sack of toys or whatever, it turned out <laughs> in one of the calls of the night, Vince McMahon goes, "That can't be the real Santa. It's no absolute miracle as to why WCW is beating them at the time." Yeah, uh, it really, it's uh, but they, terrible. So terrible they, stuff. they took this Santa character anyway, and they turned him into Zanta with an X. Oh God! And he wasn't from the North Pole; he was from the South Pole. Oh, God. And he didn't have dwarves who made toys. He had giants that made guns. Oh, no. Uh, and <laughs> this now, so obviously this is around Christmas time. 
Xanta only lasted for another two weeks. But I'm actually having a look here at WrestleCrap, and it's uh, yeah, he's up there. It's really, actually, we interviewed um, R.D. William, R.D. Reynolds years ago. I'll try to find the interview and put it up on the feed, but my God, yeah, this is a bad gimmick, Ari. But here's the thing. So you think uh, Xanta was only around for another couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, because it was Christmas. Blah. No, apparently no. Vince McMahon wanted to keep Xanta as a full-on character, but the reason they didn't was because... Xanta was played by Balls Mahoney, yes. who, as we have talked about in previous episodes, was a flaming dickhead. Um, and Balls Mahoney got it in his head that uh, someone had been talking shit about him to the dirt sheets. And he decided that it was Vince Russo, who was working for WWE at the time, but working as like their... Uh, do you remember like the WWF magazine or the raw magazine or whatever it was called yeah yeah he was like the editor at the time and balls mahoney got in his head that uh vince russo had leaked some bullshit about him to the dark sheets so he rang up titan towers and he said he wants to talk to uh vince russo and they put him through and he ripped the fucking balls out of russo he called him every fucking cunt of the day told him he's going to kill him told him he's going to bait him up and blah 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 whatever and then the person on the other side of the phone said, are you aware you've been put through to Vince McMahon? Oh, ho, ho. And that's why the Xanta thing never happened. But yeah. apparently it was intended to be like a, an ongoing character. Well, we would eventually see Bald Mahoney in TNA and Impact as Cajones. And yeah. when we saw him on Hardcore Justice, if you haven't seen a review <laughs> of Hardcore Justice. Um, when Martin asks, I do try to provide, and uh, you know that's when ECW wanted to say goodbye to themselves their own way. They got hardcore justice. The worst way possible. <laughs> Speaking of ECW, uh, the main event, which is the only good match on the show, and the only reason beyond Goldust's verbal rape. The- <laughs> 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 the, only reason, the only reason to actually watch this show, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, goes about 22 minutes, um, is a fantastic match. Uh, Bret Hart and the Bulldog have incredible chemistry because every Bulldog match I've ever seen, apart from the two he has with Bret Hart, are bullshit. Mm. Um, this is an incredible match. Not only is it an incredible match, but in the middle of this match, in 1995, Bret Hart decides, do you know what this match needs? Fucking juice. And he uh, blades. Oh. My God, does he blade. Like, he, Eddie Guerrero, blades here. Uh, and it gives the match incredible drama. Like, this whole match is that the British Bulldog is this huge, pounding monster. And Bret Hart's a technical wrestler and the the bulldog is just ragdolling and breath the whole way through he's beating the living hell out of him and brett is pissing blood he's injured he's bait and uh he eventually overcomes uh much like the diesel match from um survivor series the previous month yes he out wrestles him 
doesn't beat him, doesn't like knock him out and pin him, but he gets him in like a pinning predicament and out wrestles him. Um, but the, the big thing about this match is that it's an excellent match, but if they had capitalized on the drama of Bret Hart bleeding, this would have been a five-star match. But Vince at the time was so panicked about blood being on like a pay-per-view shows and stuff that even while he's in like commentator character like not the owner he starts shouting only do wide shots only do wide angles <laughs> don't do any close-ups <laughs> so the rest of this match and it's so weird because earlier in the night they actually advertised the wrestlemania arcade game the rest of this match looks like the WrestleMania arcade game because it's purely shot from wide angles. Like from, oh, man. From far away because they don't want to show the blood. Uh, what, oh, do you, what do you think of this match? Pretty much the same as you. I mean, look, we, we were we were desperate for some kind of good content. I, I knew uh, Brahart and Davey would, would do it. But, uh, oh, it wasn't good. Like, the, the end of it was just disappointing. Um, as far as like, look, we knew Brett was going to win, but there was no real, like they spent the whole, for, for me, it wasn't so much the wrestling that was disappointing. It was, they had been to, built up to this story. And then, as you said, all the nonsense around it just kind of ruins it. You know, they built it up as a blood feud. They gave us blood. And then it's just all the air. It's like all the airs let was let out immediately at that point. And yeah. a good match was just kind of like, oh, okay. And look, Brett won the better guy won um but i i just think when well it has been over 30 years on this i think people are right to say this is probably one of the worst shows in wwe history and it's not so much because like we've often said that these that when these shows cook they're better than the sum of their parts they're also worse than the sum of their parts because individually there are some good moments in this there are some good match ups the match themselves just don't really work out and I think that's kind of where we see here where we have like a pretty good main event ruined by what happens at the end and then taken down by what came before it. This show was kind of, ironically, it's the more expensive of all the other shows that we've seen so far. Like it, it is the more most expensive of all the shows we've seen in this series, but it didn't make it good. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. It really is. But um, that's what I thought about the show overall. Martin, have you got any closing thoughts on this while we wrap up closing thought i mean no like the the reason i wanted to do this um in your house are is not because they're all bangers or anything it's because in your house only lasts for 19 episodes there are only ever 19 episodes of in your house so we're actually mm. We're actually a quarter of the way through it. And I, and I had a look at the next one. And the next one actually looks pretty good. Well, th this is it. Because in your house, the reason I want to do it isn't because they're great. It's because it charts the WWF's transition from the absolute depths of New Generation to when New Generation actually got really good. And then when it transitioned into the Attitude Era, and then it kind of dies at the peak of the, or just before the peak of the Attitude Era. So it's a really good way of, you know, without going episode to episode every single Raw, which would take forever. It's a really good way of charting that transition. 
from 95 into the Attitude Era. You know, Absolutely. so like that does mean we're going to have to <laughs> sift through some dung. Just like the hog pen match. <laughs> just the, and lucky and just like sifting through the dung, sometimes you come across a, a diamond and uh, the and sometimes you and sometimes gun. and sometimes you get hit in the head with a fan. <laughs> a, a, <laughs> a, co- a cup of coke. A cup of coke. But uh, so yeah, a lot of shit. But amongst the shit, there is a <laughs> truly amazing. Uh, Goldust uh, promo that makes you wonder, my God, if they had a run with this promo or if this character had happened in 97. Just the world would have been different. And also there is a... And I think it's okay to call it a hidden gem because like, I'm an enormous Bret Hart fan and even I'd never seen this match before. Yeah. So overall totally terrible, fair. but there's there's stuff there. That's fair. And I think, you know, I will back that up as well. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the show this week. Next week, we're going to, uh, we're probably going to move on to another arc. There is some TNA stuff coming up, some Impact Wrestling stuff. We're going to cover that. Uh, Impact 1000 was was last week. Are we going to watch it? Yeah, we're probably going to look at that. And Bound for Glory is coming up as well. So Nice. We have a bunch of stuff kind of like in the pipeline. So that's why we go over to social media and check it all out because that's where it's going to be announced because me and Martin are trying to get better at like announcing stuff beforehand. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much. And again, if you want to reach us, you can at the wrestlingrewind.com. My Twitter is at DaraWV. Uh, from Martin, if you have, do you have anything to plug before we go, Martin? Yes. Uh, any of our listeners who want to, if you uh, email me, we can start an affair. <laughs> <laughs> or email Dave if you want to start an affair with Dave. You can do that too. Email think, Dave. Dave sure. Or at Dave. At, at Stevens go, Dave, I want, a, I want I an have, affair. I have to say now, I, I love Dave. He's, he's a great guy. If you have an affair with Dave, it will be in much nicer hotel rooms. <laughs> but I don't think Dave could ma- match myself for just pure vigor. There you go. There you go. No. So you have your pick. You have your pick of the two lads. Yeah. <laughs> to have a gold yeah. style affair with. Do you want to be? Do you want to be humped in a hotel room, or do you want to be rowed in the back of a car? <laughs> and on that note, guys, we will talk to you next week here on the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. <laughs>